What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode 5 of Café con Santos. I am your host, Ricardo Hernandez. In this episode, I got a chance to talk with one of my good friends from Jornadas, Alejandra Gomez. We were able to talk a little bit about some of the challenges that she's gone through uh, throughout her life, uh, and also just some of the work that she's involved with uh, here in Southwest Detroit. So please get your coffee ready because this show is starting in three, two, one, go. En el nombre del Padre, del Hijo y del Espíritu Santo. Amen. Señor, gracias por este día. Thank you for allowing Alejandra and me to come together to make this podcast. We ask you, Lord, that this podcast draws a lot of people to your church and that it could help a lot of people who may be going to, through a difficult time right now. I ask that you send your Holy Spirit to guide this conversation and also just join us so that this could be a great podcast. Te lo pedimos en el nombre del Padre, del Hijo, del Espíritu Santo. Amen. Amen. Well, Alejandra, hey everybody, Hi. welcome to episode Bye. five of Café con Santos. Today we have a special guest. We have another one of the Jornadas OGs. Now, she's not as OG as Ruth, but she is, <laughs> I would say, one of the, I don't want to say new, you're kind of older than a lot of the new people, but yeah. no offense, but she's pretty much still an OG. Yeah. If this is your first time listening to Café con Santos, Café con Santos is a little bit about different things. First of all, we have a, a Facebook page where we pray daily uh, Facebook Live rosaries. Every day we pray for something different, and we've been praying there ever since the pandemic started. And we also have this podcast where I get to interview some of my friends, some spiritual directors, and other members of the community who I know, or like Sister Desiree in the previous show, don't know, but know of them and know that they're going to bring something great to the show. So I welcome you again, Alejandra. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Before you, we start, do you have any, any questions? No questions. I think I'm ready. Okay, so don't be too nervous. If I mess up, if you mess up, we mess up together. Perfect. All right, thumbs up. Okay, but before we get started, I have to ask you the most important question, and there's only one correct answer, so no pressure. Are you ready? Yes, I am. Do you like coffee? Yes, but I prefer mushroom coffee. Mushroom coffee. What's that? I mean... So, mushroom coffee, it's not, not the type of mushroom that people would assume uh mushroom we're coffee not, we're not doing drugs over here no no mushroom coffee <laughs> helps more with the concentration it's actually a very sweet type of coffee um and i actually really enjoy it because it helps me to concentrate and so um i wasn't really much of a big coffee person but slowly i've been entering into that realm wow well this is my first time t trying this mushroom coffee i'll let you guys know later if i die <laughs> i'm just playing no i love coffee and i'm exploring all different flavors of coffee 
with who knows maybe in the future one day starting my own coffee shop mm -hmm. if you guys listen to episode one aka the genesis of cafe con santos you guys will know what i'm talking about but with that out of the way alejandra i want to start our segment of ask alejandra Right. So I'm going to ask you a series of questions and you're going to have to answer as honestly as possible. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. All right, let's do this. If you could have a superpower, what would it be? Oh, that's a very difficult one. Um, I think I would have to go with the power of healing. Healing. Oh, I haven't heard that one in a while. Do you have a devotion to any saint? Yeah, Saint Joanna of Arc. Oh, okay. Are you a dog or a cat person? I'm definitely a dog person. I do not like cats. Hey, I, nothing against cats, but I'm, I'm a dog person. Um, <laughs> what set of mysteries do you like the most when praying a rosary? Um, I would go with uh, gososos, uh, even though I know the dolorosos by heart. So. Gososos, nice. What is your favorite dessert? Chocolate, dark chocolate. <sighs> Alejandra, if you guys don't know, if you guys don't, if you guys know one, if you, if you guys want to know one thing about me, sorry about that, <laughs> <laughs> it is that I don't really like chocolate. I don't know, we can't be friends. I know, and I probably just <laughs> lost all of my audience, but that is okay. <laughs> Were you always Catholic? Yes. What is one thing that most people do not know about you? that I am actually very outgoing. I can seem very shy. Um, if you were not working at UNI, what type of work do you imagine you would be doing right now? I actually don't know. I think I've I think I just would want to be working with a community um, in a different um, area. What song hypes you up? Um, I mean, in the space that we are now, with um, like in a more Catholic interview, um, I really like. Professional. <laughs> oh, just kidding. Um, I really like the song "Oceans," but with KB, he does it in a like in a rap um, style. So I I've been listening a lot to that um, lately. What so, was the song again? Oceans. Oceans. So from Hillsong United, but it has ah, like this okay. R and B. Um, to it nice okay and then lastly if you could be the patron saint of something what would it be mm. it's funny because um it's all i always think about um based on the other podcast had, it's funny how my mind also went to like those that don't have a voice um like the, the people that don't have um you know, um, that voice, but I would have to say, I think for children that are abused, um, that would be, I think, where I would go. Nice. Well, thank you, Alejandra, yeah, for you. this segment of Ask Alejandra. <laughs> and that just, well, now that we got that, uh, part of the podcast done, I want to say, se me olvidó empezar con lo primero. Oh, no. I didn't even introduce you. Oh. <laughs> well, every I, I kind of said her name, Alejandra, yeah. but there's more to you. You are actually, uh, you work for a nonprofit organization called mm -hmm. Urban Neighborhood Initiatives okay. in Southwest Detroit. Uh, you are um, 
an alumni of the University of Michigan. Go blue. So go blue. Uh, and like I said, you're another of the OGs of Jornadas. Mm-hmm. And for those jornaleros uh, who are listening, you are also the wife of the infamous Marcos Roque. That's me. <laughs> you want to say anything to Marcos right now when he's listening to this? <laughs> um, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. Well, Alejandra, um, if you don't mind for this next segment of the podcast, could you just walk us through um, your testimony about where you come from, uh, maybe some struggles you've had in life, and then overall how you came to know God and, you know, uh, be a part of the Catholic faith? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I was born in California, um, and I lived there until I was eight. Uh, my parents are immigrants from Mexico, um, and so we moved to Detroit when I was eight, and it was a very actually difficult time. Like I mentioned in the beginning, I'm a very outgoing person, and I've that's kind of my nature, but I've become very shy Um, And I think it all started from that point when I we moved from California. Um, I was very outgoing. I remember in school and even though Spanish was my first language, um, I never um, I was never bullied. And I also never thought that being as a problem or as a, you know, as a thing. Um, And then going to school here in Detroit, um, it was much different, but I still enjoyed it. But I feel that. I witnessed a lot of things before coming to Detroit um, that really had me scared and it's a different environment. So um, don't get me wrong. I love Detroit and it will always have a special place in my heart. Um, But I think Detroit has always had this reputation, especially if you're not from there and and you're, you know, you come from another place, um, you know, being eight years old and hearing like, oh, you're going to a very bad place. Um, There's a lot of gangs and stuff like that. It just like did like triggered a lot of trauma for me. And Mm. so I think that growing up, I I became very like into myself. And I think that, um, I've always been Catholic. Uh, my mom, my, you know, my mom and my dad went to church every Sunday and I'll still go to church. Um, and so I've always had a very close relationship with God. Um, thankfully. Um, but I think I, I was missing that relationship with myself. Like I said, when that happened, Um, I became very disconnected from myself and I think I let fear take over me. And so it became very easy to not trust myself, to not have confidence in myself. Um, And with that, even though I I loved God, how can I love someone if I don't love myself? Right. And so, yeah. And so this started like around the age of eight and and for a route. How long would you imagine that you were going through that period where it was kind of like a difficult transition just because, like you said, you're you're moving from uh, a completely different environment mm-hmm. and coming into uh, Detroit. Uh, w- until like what age did that happen, or was it like even to this day you you're like don't know who you are? <laughs> who am I? Um, so it's funny because I it was ten years. Um, wow. I lived my jornada when I was eighteen, and I was fresh out of high school. Um, so I went through a lot of um, you know low self esteem. Um, in a way, depression and anxiety um, all throughout, um, you know, my elementary, middle and high school years. Um, and I graduated from high school um, noting and knowing that I wasn't happy. What high school was that, by the way? Western International High School. Western. Go Cowboys. <laughs> um, 
And so I graduated from from high school and went directly to college. Um, so I started college that following year um, in the fall. And at that same time, the retreat Jornadas came about in my life. And so I was not going to go, but I ended up going and it was the best decision I could have uh, made. Huh, that's an interesting uh, story that you weren't originally going to go and then you go. I feel like that happens a lot in oh retreats. Gosh. Yes, it's yeah. not a shocking moment. Because if you guys hear, again, the Genesis, you'll hear that uh, I also wasn't going to go to the Jornadas retreat. And it took about three times maybe before I finally decided to go. And so, like I said earlier, uh, Alejandra actually graduated from U of M. Um, mm-hmm. Were you uh, a first-generation college student? I was, yes. Could I you was. talk a little bit about that, yeah, uh, that so experience? Yeah, that it, it was definitely very challenging, and at the same time, it was very empowering. I think um, going to college, even though being a first-generation college student, and, um, you know, my parents, I think, went up to, I think, elementary um, in Mexico, and so it was very difficult to get information right at home. So it was a lot of, um, you know, I had to get information in other places, um, and I think that even though it was very difficult, my parents always encouraged me to follow that um that road because it was something that I really wanted to do um there was moments where I wanted to drop out there was a time and I remember in sophomore year that um I told my dad I was like I'm done I'm done with school <laughs> Bye, like <Felicia. laughs> seriously like I I was and it goes back again with that confidence right mm-hmm. I was like I'm not because honestly, it was a shock to me going to school and there's a lot more people that are so much or perceived to be much, much, much smarter than than you and so mm-hmm. or than myself at that time. And so I was like, this is not for me. Like college is probably not for me. And so I was not happy with my major. I was a bio major. Um, and so I told my dad, you know what? I'm just going to drop out and work full time. And then when I get the money, I'll go back. And he was like, you're you're. Right. So, <laughs> seriously, so he was like, nope, you're going to fail as many times as you need to fail, but you're going to get your degree. So. Uh, that's some good. What was that? You need to fail as many times as you need to. Exactly. Wow. That's that's awesome. Um, uh, I think you bring up a good point. Like a lot of us first generation college students, we're in an environment where this is the first time for all of us. You know, mm-hmm. our parents uh, perhaps come from, you know, Mexico or another Latin American country. And. It's like they don't really understand that struggle, mm-hmm. uh, whereas a lot of our, you know, white uh, um, allies mm-hmm. are, are there, you know, with a lot more resources. Not to say that they don't go through struggles exactly. as well, but it's different. And it, I didn't want to bring this up, but there was a, a story I heard about some college students at U of M who said that they started their their organization or, or their company from the bottom up, mm-hmm. come to find out that they're father is the like a billionaire or millionaire <laughs> who mm-hmm. is paying for most of their products and uh, i won't say it, who it is just because i don't want to you know yeah. make anybody think bad of these people but mm-hmm. it's just something to say that uh we grow up in in different kind of atmospheres exactly. and so you said you lived the jornadas retreat mm-hmm. at 18 um and it was still a bit challenging to grow with your confidence. Yeah. How do you think that confidence went while you were a part of Jornadas, like in college? So it definitely, I feel that senior year in high school, once I graduated from senior year, I, I knew that feeling like that wasn't normal. And so 
I was really sick and tired of feeling that I wasn't worth anything. I was sick and tired of feeling that um, I had no value. Um, And so what ended up happening is that I was upset because I was like, I don't want to feel this way, but it's like much easier (laughs) said than done. So at that point, I was like, I need something in my life and um, to be able to help me. Right. And at that time, I did not know it was jornadas. Um, I um, I did not go to the primera prejornada. Um, and I was like, oh, oh, well, I can't, I can't go anymore. Oops. Oops. <laughs> um, so the second prejornada, the person that invited me was actually, um, called me and I was sleeping. And you you want to do a shameless plug who that person was? Yeah. So Kevin, um, and shout out to Kevin. Yeah. I don't know who you are, but shout out to Kevin. And Cynthia, um, Lomeli. Shout out to Cynthia Lomeli. Yeah. So he was like, you know what? I'm outside your house. And I'm like, oh, amazing. Okay. So I had to get up. I had to go. And at that time, you know, went to the segunda prejornada. And, you know, I, I liked it. It was it was good. Um, but I was still very hesitant. I'm mm. not too much of going to retreats. It freaks at, me At this out. point, were you... Sorry. At this point, uh, were you... Like, did you previous go to other retreats? No. So this was like your first retreat. Mm-hmm. Did you have like, because I, I think I've said this before, I have had this idea of like, no, esos palos cristianos, crazy kids, you know. Yeah, I always bunch had of losers. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think much like that, um, but dang. Um, no, but I think the, the way that I thought is that I was so shy and I was so scared to be vulnerable. Like I was so scared to be with other people. Um, that I did not know. And especially because I have been to other retreats, but they're like half day retreats for like the confirmation or like, so it's not really a retreat. It's more of like formacion. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it was like a three or four day. I don't even remember. It was a what? A four day, three night. I was like, that's like, I love my house. I'm a homebody. Like for whoever, <laughs> like, I think everybody knows this. That's why I didn't share it, but I'm a homebody. And so I, what? sorry, what's a homebody? Someone who loves to be home. Ooh. Like I just, yeah the definition <laughs> um and so i don't know i i i said i wasn't gonna go um and then jorgito shout out to jorgito um saw that i was very like by the end i was like you know what i need to go i had a exam that like monday coming back from the retiro so i was like i'm not gonna be able to go and so i told him no voy a poder ir um but i'm gonna sit here in the back and then there was a charla at that time say that yeah. Can people know there's chat? Well, I'm not going to go into detail. We're, we're not going to say what happens, but there, obviously it was a retiro and there was a talk. I, I mean, yes. So I'm, I'm sorry if I ruined anyone's moment, but if not here, you know, <laughs> oh, well. Um, And so something like at, at that point, the person who was you know, talking, like grabbed my attention in a way that I was like, I'm going to go to the retiro. Like it was so strange because I ended up calling, um, Wednesday and reserving my spot and all of that good stuff. And till this day, Jorgito always tells me like, y la que no quería venir. <laughs> and I'm like, I know, I know, but I am so thankful for those people that were so insistent um, because I knew I wanted something different. Um, and God was like, I have this. And I'm like, no, but it's not that. Like, I don't want that. Like, I want you to just change me. Like, can it be an easy process where I just wake up loving myself? Like, why mm. why can't that happen? <laughs> oh, man. Well put. I think that's I can relate with that with God. Just give me the answers. Open the clouds. Let me know what you want. But it's like it doesn't always work like that. Yeah. And uh, we're on a path towards our own 
uh, working on our sanctification through the grace of God. And so uh, in this life, we're also kind of getting rid of things that are holding us back, you know, causing us to sin uh, in a way purging. I don't know if that's the correct wording, but purging us of the things that are keeping us from, you know, being holy, being in the in, in the presence of God. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it's not easy choosing a completely way completely different way of life was it i don't know was it easy for you or was it difficult or what was that you know transition so you live the retreat you're like whoa what just happened now you're back in college you've got kind of like a struggle with who you are as a person Mm -hmm. were there like graces in your life at that point that you were like whoa i see god is doing things Mm -hmm. yeah it's a little bit hard things are going better. Yeah, definitely. I think that when, you know, thank goodness, you know, being in in high school and even being in college, um, I was never peer pressured. And so, um, even though my confidence wasn't the best, I always knew, um, I always knew to respect myself. Um, and so I think that in, in leaving the retreat, um, it opened my eyes to be able to open that relationship with myself um, it had been something that I was very afraid to do, even though I really wanted to do that. It was really scary to be just real with myself and, um, grow at the same time. I'm a perfectionist and being a perfectionist is actually not a good thing. Like being a perfectionist sucks. Like it's not that I want to do everything perfect. It's just, I feel like I'm not worthy enough or perfect enough to do the things. And mm. so I think that in living the retreat and seeing, you know, um, all of the wonderful things that God has done through me in, in, in the service um, of the retreat. Um, and, it, you know, pause. When I lived the retreat, I did not join Escuela because I know Ruth talked a little bit more about Escuela. I didn't join, join Escuela right away. I took like a, a year, a gap year, year and a half gap year. I don't know. Um, and so in that time even though I had lived this retreat and I had these tools, I was still like, yes, I was getting somewhere, but it was taking me much, much longer. Mm. And so once I decided, you know what, I'm going to get into Escuela, it's like things just started to look out for me in a much better way. And I think what changed was the people that I surrounded myself with. Um, you know, being with with people that um, were just so kind and so funny, and I am mean. I'm I'm very mean sometimes. Yeah, and uh, I'm what the listeners or viewers might not know <laughs> is that I'm pretty sarcastic with her, and oftentimes she does stuff and expects something out of me, and I like kind of just shrug it off and mm-hmm. kind of hurt her feelings. But that's okay because that's how we roll. Yes, I've learned to accept that, but I've gotten some a few laughters here and there, so I'm I'm good. I'm good. See, that's what he does. Like honestly, like I'll, there'll be times that I'm like, wow, I love myself. Like I say the funniest things, and I look over, and he's like with the like the darkest. I'm like, that was funny. Just a dead stare. Like I'm like, come on, laugh. But that and saying goodbye. I think that that's oh, another man. thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, when I first started uh, going to jornadas. I was still uh, commuting. Well, I, I was at U of M going back Saturdays to go to Jornadas. Um, and so once we were finished with our session, I would go straight back to Ann Arbor 
And oftentimes I wouldn't even say bye to everybody. I just kind of be like, whoop. Yeah. Out of nowhere, we would literally be in the room. And then I'd be like, Ricardo. And then we're like, he left. I'm like, he left. Like, he didn't even say bye. He's like, yeah, he doesn't yeah, say bye. Yeah, I was already like, halfway to an arbor by then. He was already in an arbor. <laughs> and I'm over here like, wait, he left? <laughs> like, what's going on? Um, So I, I constantly reminded him of that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and then I guess now... um. You've been in Jornadas for, for a while. Yes. Not saying you're old, but you've just been in Jornadas mm-hmm. for a while. Um, what do you think some of, uh, in addition to what you just mentioned, what have been the fruits of being involved in Jornadas? I think that, you know, besides my 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 growth, um, my personal growth, I think with my relationships, um, especially with my husband, um, so being able to meet my husband, we lived the Jornada like the exact same year. Aww. Um, he, he used to get on my nerves, <laughs> um, but, um, you know, being able to have, share that experience and share that the faith with someone, I think was my biggest, um, not wish, but my biggest prayer to God, um, was to, I wasn't, I didn't date much, um, if at all when I was in, in, you know, during my, my high school years. And so it was always because I, I just felt that I just needed to wait for that right person. Um, and I think with a lot of prayer, um, I was able to, you know, find that right person. It sounds very cliche, honestly, like, sounds very cliche, <laughs> but um, it's true. Like, I was able to find, um, not find, because it's not like I was looking for him at the retreat. So I don't want to sound like I'm going to the retreat to find someone. Like, no, that was not my intention. Um, but I think it was just very easy since we were in the same, like, ambiente, like, you know, in the faith, um, you know. I mean, good things happen when you're around other holy people. Exactly. So that's what happened. Um, so now we've been married for Two, gonna, three, three, actually four years. Yeah, four years. And so um, it's been it's been great. And actually, if you could see this background or just this wall. <laughs> This is actually uh, the basement that La Familia Roque, La Familia yeah. Gomez. Are you guys, are you Gomez Roque or just? No, Roque? I'm actually Gomez Casillas, but <laughs> it's all good. Okay. Good. Never changed my name, but it's all good. Hey, I mean, that kind of seems similar to your shirt. What does that say? Um, The future is female. Um, I guess. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, thank you so much, Ale, for sharing a little bit. Not a little bit. That was a lot a about lot your bit. story. But I'm sure that the listeners uh, enjoyed all of that. So we are so. now. I hope so, too. <laughs> we're now going to go into a short break to listen from our sponsors. A few moments later. And we are back. I hope you enjoyed that sponsor because I'm about to share yet another sponsor with you. This time, I want to share with you our sponsor of today. Roque Painting. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Marcos. If you are in need of some professional, some top quality painting for your business or your home, reach out to Alejandra's husband, who will do an awesome job. Um, I will make a promise, (laughs) but it'll be some good stuff. Any uh, shameless plugs for your husband? Um, he's the best. Midwest. <laughs> what do you want more? He is the best in the Midwest. <laughs> All right. So Ale just finished sharing her testimony 
And now we're going to be talking about the saint of this show, which is drumroll. Saint Joe. Second try. Drumroll. Saint Joan of Arc. Is it Joanne or Joan? I say I Joanne, but I'm pretty sure it's Joan. ¿Cómo se dice en español? Santa Juana. Santa Juana de Arco. De Arco. I would have said Arca, but <laughs> that's why we have you here. Thank uh, you. So like in the previous shows, uh, the way this works is I'm just going to share a little bit about um, the Saint's biography. In this case, I'm going to share with you uh, a brief story of Saint Joan of Arc. Uh, and it'll be shorter than the one from the previous episode. <laughs> that way, uh, my guest isn't there just kind of sitting there awkwardly, you know. Um, but anyways, we're going to start with this. St. Joan of Arc's story. Burned at the stake as a heretic after a politically motivated trial, Joanne was beatified in 1909 and canonized in 1920. Born of a fairly well-to-do peasant couple in Domremy Rooks, southeast of Paris, Joan was only 12 when she experienced a vision and heard voices that she later identified as Saints Michael the Archangel, Catherine of Alexandria and Margaret of Antioch. During the Hundred Years War, Joan led French troops against the English and recaptured the cities of Orleans and Troyes. This enabled Charles VII to be crowned as king and reigns in 1429. Captured near Campaign the following year, Joan was sold to the English and placed on trial for heresy and witchcraft. Professor at the University of Paris, supported Bishop Pierre Cauchon of Bievis, the judge at her tribal trial, Cardinal Henry Beaufort of Winchester, England, participated in the questioning of Joan in prison. In the end, she was condemned for wearing men's clothes. The English resented France's military success to which Joan contributed. On this day in 1431, Joan was burned at the stake in ruin and her ashes were scattered in the Seine River. A second church trial 25 years later nullified the earlier verdict which was reached under political pressure. Remembered by most people for her military exploits, Joanne had a great love for the sacraments, which strengthened her compassion toward the poor. Popular devotion to her increased greatly in 19th century France and later among French soldiers during World War I. Theologian George Tovard writes that her life offers a perfect example of the conjunction of contemplation and action. Because her spiritual insight is that there should be a unity of heaven and earth. Joan of Arc has been the subject of many books, plays, operas, and movies. 
Saint Joan of Arc is the patron saint of France and military members. So that's Joan of Arc. I'm sorry, I kept saying Joan and Joanne. I hope you guys don't mind. Did anything about that biography stand out to you? Yeah, I think that definitely being able to have time to contemplate and then take action um, really resonated um, with me. I think I do that. I think I contemplate more than take action. So being able to um, have more of the taking action part of it. So you you shared earlier that uh, you had a devotion to Saint Joan of Arc. Um, what where did that devotion start from? I actually so I did my confirmation when I was eighteen. Um, I actually did my confirmation the same day I graduated from from high school. So morning I graduated and I got confirmed in the afternoon. Um, I think that in in looking, you know, I've always um. I don't look too much at saints um, to pray or, or to uh, meditate or anything like that. Um, but, you know, there's like Santo Toribio I've, I grew up with um, in terms of knowing of, of him um, and a few others. But I've never heard of St. Joan of, of Arc. And I think that what happened is that um, our confirmation class catechist, you know, you have to pick a saint to be able to represent um, you or your, your, you know, be your name for your confirmation. Um and I decided to do some research and find um, a saint. And I, I mean, like I said, said the future is female. So I wanted to ensure I found a saint that was a woman um, so I could feel a lot more connected to. Um, and so and actually at that time, um, I was also even thinking, like, should I go to the army? Like, I don't know. There was a lot going on in my mind, um, a lot of decisions that I wanted to make, but it wasn't sure if that was the right for me. But anyways, I think St. Joan of Arc's story really sparked because it was truly a story around someone who denied their identity to follow Christ, um, to follow God, and had those visions of the other saints, the other three saints that they mentioned. And I think the other thing that shocked me the most was she did something that, you know, that especially back then, you know, being the military, lead military um, men into war and win, and then do it in a in a way that she's so so young um it, it just I don't know it just inspired me and I'm like wow she was so young and she did all of this and even though that unfortunately she was betrayed um you know and her life ended in a very brutal way I think she lived the the life that she had envisioned from those callings and did was not scared yeah I mean I, I think um I think St. Joan of Arc is someone that a lot of people kind of know, not knowing the religious side or the, you know, the, the Catholic or Christian side of who she was as a person. But I think even people who don't know much about, you know, the Christian faith know uh, that there in time existed a, a strong woman who was leading armies and, mm -hmm. and whatnot. Um, and, and I think uh, that, that idea of a strong person, but a strong young woman kind of is like very, I don't know if captivating or kind of like inspiration in a way. Yeah. Was that kind of like inspirational to you? It definitely was. I think that um, being able to see um, the the amount of faith that she had um, 
and the and you know because it wasn't like oh Joan do you want to be in the army no she had to go in front of you know the king or whoever was um selecting and allowing them to go to war to be able to convince them of her visions and be able to convince them of her of what she's seen and and what she um what she thinks was the best move and for them to have said okay do it like you know it's not gonna be like oh this 18 year old girl what and keep in mind we're we're talking about uh old time a a old point in time where um there were how would you describe that describe that culture um i mean i don't know if it would be like you know like that much like very but very uh conservative i suppose yeah like um there was the the culture that they had men did things and women did things mm-hmm. um obviously today some of that existed but exists but back in the day obviously it was to another level um and so uh joan was actually you know like like we said earlier hearing uh, voices and a lot of secular people will be like well she had uh, schizophrenia or psychosis mm-hmm. um but that in itself to be in a point in time where you're a woman but now you're a woman who's hearing voices they they were like yo this, this girl's crazy she's mm-hmm. a witch you know mm-hmm. and she's saying she has messages from god oh no mm-hmm. but she continued on and and even until you know she it cost her her life and i just want to share a, a little story about uh, a quote which is uh one of the quotes uh, I am not afraid I was born to do this. So that that quote is um, not the full quote. The full quote is from like a, a story, which is which is this. Um, as Joan of Arc was leaving Vacouliers, I have no idea how to say that, to begin her mission to save France, she was asked by a woman, how can you make such a journey when on all sides are soldiers? To which Joan, Joanne responded, I do not fear the soldiers, for my road is made open to me. And if the soldiers come, I have God, my Lord, who will come, who will know how to clear the route that leads to Messier Dafon. It was for this that I was born. So just imagine that confidence to be like, yo, there's like some people, aren't you afraid they're going to kill you? Nah, no te preocupes, I got Jesus. Yeah. Have you ever had one of those moments where it's like uh, if someone was in your same position, you know, you, they might be uh, struggling. But because you have that identity as a beloved daughter of God, you're like, meh. Yeah, I think that, you know, especially um, around, I think nowadays people get a lot, very stressed over, over materialistic things, um, you know, or get very stressed over um, just things that guess are important but are not the most important um and so i think sometimes you know being able to shrug that off but i think that that in itself it's very very inspiring and helps me remind for my own self because i think that especially now with the pandemic um the amount of anxiety that i felt um during this time has been very very unbelievable in a way i'm like i've never experienced this type of anxiety i've had anxiety i think it's been you know something that I've had for a few years, but to the, the point that I've had it now, it's it's kind of like reminding myself like you do have a purpose and 
being able to not have anxiety of like what's to come because usually it's because I don't know what is coming, right? Or I want to be as prepared as possible, but because things are so uncertain, I think um, being able to be more relaxed in that sense um, has definitely helped me. Yeah, because I mean, like I said, like imagine, well, a lot of people right now are going through through difficult times because of you know work, um, family, just mm-hmm. the president's uh, politics, everything. And I mean, even myself, I get stressed a lot of times and I should take um, the life of the saints. I should look at them and, and take from them and, and see them as models of the way I should be thinking and not let myself be like uh, get anxious and remember that, you know, a billion things could happen in this world. But at the, at the end of the day, Jesus came, conquered evil, brought us salvation. What do we have to worry about? Exactly. So, um, jumping to a, a different topic, uh, you're actually not right now, but before this whole COVID stuff, you actually had a, a grupo de jóvenes, right? Yes. Could yeah. you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, definitely. So, um, we, my husband and I, um, Marcos and I, we, um, are co-coordinators um, of a group of jóvenes at Our Lady of Guadalupe. Um, so pre-COVID, um, we would meet every Thursday, and we've actually had it, um, at, by that time, it was already almost two years that we've had that group. Um, and I absolutely love it. Like, I think it's been very difficult um, to be able to touch base now because of everything that's happening and things like that. But I think pre-COVID, um, we would meet every Thursday. Um, and... I think that the most important thing for us or, I, you know, for, you know, I can speak for myself, um, is to be able to meet them where they are. I think um, many times we expect, um, especially youth, to come into a space and act and react like an adult would, um, even though adults don't react that way either sometimes. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, being able to understand where our youth is coming from and being able to be patient um and and caring with them um i think has been something that we've we've held true and it's really shown um you know my youth always like reach like reach out to us during this time they text us they they're you know how are we doing how are they doing and i think that um you know they really miss grupo and it's just been very difficult um but you know, like I said, pre-COVID, they would love coming and inviting their friends. Um, and we would just, you know, for the most part, it was a safe space to be able to have just like team building activities. Yeah, we would do obviously topics and things like that. But it was mostly doing um, team building activities with other youth that are in the Catholic faith. So I'm going to ask you uh, uh, a question very blunt. Ask me. You already went to Jornadas every Saturday for years. Why in the world would you decide to do the same but on a Thursday with a bunch of kids? <laughs> Not kids, but teenagers. Yeah, um, that's a good question. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, I think I was just really excited. Um, so, for example, in the organization that I work um, with, um, that I work for, we do a lot of youth development. And so, um, you know, we work with youth and things like that. Um being in Jornadas has been amazing. Like, I loved going every Thursday, or every Thursday, every Saturday. <laughs> primer sábado de cada domingo. De cada domingo. Um, I wonder who said that. But, so, um, you know, 
it it was a little difficult just because it's kind of like weak but um you know being able to meet with the youth um has just been i don't know like it's kind of like it's inspiring and motivating and um I don't know why exactly we were like, yeah, let's do it. But I was really pumped and I'm still really like I was really pumped when I was given the opportunity and I was like, yeah, let's do this. And so I guess I always love new opportunities. Um, I, I love to have new opportunities. But I, I know you. I, I, Of course, I know you. He knows me. I hope I know you. <laughs> no, um, uh, I, I was going to say the word I, I'm going to assume. But I remember once you told me don't assume because you can make an Yes, S out of you and me. <laughs> and I do not want to do that. But what I was going to say is it kind of sounds like the work that you do and, you know, with Jornadas, with your job, all this outside stuff, it's all connected in a way. Mm -hmm. What is it about that that, like, you enjoy? Well, like, you talked a little bit about it. Like, does it bring life into you working with, with you know, developing, developing? the development of, of young adults or young teenagers or youth in general? I think that based on my experience, um, I all, like growing up and it kind of goes back to being a first generation college student. I always needed that support. Myself. Like growing up, I, I thankfully had my family, um, you know, they've always been there and they, you know, it, I have nothing to say or complain about my family at all. Um, but I also think that I needed a support system outside my family. And I've been going to UNI or to Urban Neighborhood Initiative since I was 12. So I've been part of that community um, for a very long time. And um, all of my mentors, um, you know, the, the reason why I feel that I am where I am now, it sounds like, again, it sounds very cliche, but I do meditate. We're all about cliches. I love it. Hashtag cliche. <laughs> um, good luck spelling it. But um. I just think that having those role models helped me so much. And so in a way, um, maybe not un like unconsciously, like I've been trying to be that role model um, to other people. And so I think that being in Jornadas, um, one has helped me. I think the reason why I've always gone to Jornadas is because I always learn, learn something new. I um, and, and being able to learn from others and being able to share a little bit of what I know um, has also, you know, inspired me. And I think, you know, with the youth, um, yeah, we go and, and we, you know, show them a few things. But I also like to learn from their experiences. Um, and I am a very, it's hard sometimes, but I'm a very empathetic person. And so I always take everything to the heart. Like if I hear a story in the news of like some random person getting, you know, some like something happening to that person, I can feel it in my heart. Like, wow, I'm like, or I cannot imagine. And I literally put myself in their shoes to the point where I like get really stressed out. I'm like, oh my, like, and I need to stop doing that because yes, it's good to be empathetic, but not to the point where like now I'm feeling their, mm -hmm. their, um, yeah. you know, their stress. Yeah, I, I could relate to that because uh, for those that don't know, I work as an immigration advocate over at uh, CHAS, uh, Community Health and Social Services in Southwest Detroit. And uh, I do a lot of uh, work with victims and survivors of domestic violence. And, you know, take, like you said, sometimes you like hear like their lives and it, you could like it's so easy to just take all of that in, you know. Mm -hmm. And after a while, like, you know, if, if you don't like uh, if you're not careful, it, it could end up doing harm. Definitely. But it's it's always good to, you know, reach out to, you know, a therapist or Psych psychiatrists or you know family spiritual directors who are gonna kind of like 
get you back into you know feeling better and also just to surround yourself with uh, uh a group of people who are looking out for you yeah and i think uh i personally feel like i found that with the people in jornadas uh and and you know yeah i might bully alejandra a lot of times but she's actually like very 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 kind she's very you know cool person you should get to know her uh she's about to cry now (laughs) (laughs) but what was i going with that (laughs) no oh dang very kind you're so kind that it took away my words (laughs) i left you speechless literally (laughs) but um where was I going? With? You, you have Jornada's people. And then- you have a group of people who are looking yeah. out for you, like her. <laughs> that perfect example. What? Why do you? What would you? What would you say to like young adults who perhaps similar to us have been asked or invited to retreats, but we're like, nah, that that's not for me. I would say, um, you know, think about it. Like, is if going to the re- retreat, um, you know, is something that you want to do, like, think about what do you have to lose? Literally, like, okay, if I go to this retreat, you know, I'm going to lose some time. I might, you know, I think time is like the biggest thing. Um, and then, but then what do you have to gain? I think um, being able to do those, you know, pros and cons. Um, and so I think that, but I also think um, if it's something that you've been I don't know if you believe in God or if you um, have a really close relationship with God and you've been asking um, God for something like like a retreat or something. But also think about like, look at the signs. Um, Like we were saying in the beginning, signs could be as clear as day. But if you're not paying attention, it it can easily slip off. And there goes your opportunity. Um, So I think that being able to understand what you need, but also being very, very aware of what the opportunities are looking like. Because I think sometimes we get very blinded with social media. We get very blinded with all of the commodities and all of the, um, the you know, the ba- not the bad things, but things that just take your time and occupy your mind. And so how do you set some time off distractions um, to be able to listen to the answers that you're looking for? It's funny because when you said that, I thought about a meme um you should probably insert insert it here (laughs) where it's like god tell me if uh, give me a sign if i should not continue with this and it's like stop don't go it's (laughs) like okay i should just go and so like the sign is like right there but sometimes i'm just choosing not to see it and so i think it just becomes very um obvious when it's it's not god not telling you the answer or giving you that hint it's more of me not wanting to give that answer and so sometimes a retreat, as daunting as it sounds or as cliche cliche as that sounds, like sometimes a retreat can be the answer. And maybe it won't be the answer, but maybe it'll start to spark some questions that would help you find that answer. Yeah. Now that you're bringing it up, I want to go to talk about our shameless plug. I have one uh, and I want to give you one, too. So my shameless plug is that this uh, Friday, uh, I'm actually going on a retreat uh, uh three-day retreat uh with um to do some uh some stuff i'll just leave it at that (laughs) but to discern my vocation and so i don't know when you guys are going to listen to this but 
your prayers, regardless, they're outside of time. You could pray for me 10 years from now, and I'm sure it, it would have helped me at this point in time. Speculative theology. Uh, theologians, correct me in the comments. Um, <laughs> but that's my um, shameless plug. Please pray for me. And a shameless plug for Alejandra is that you and I is... Yeah, we are recruiting members, AmeriCorps members right now. And so um, if you're interested in applying, uh, I will give Ricardo my contact info and you can reach out. So this AmeriCorps member um, will be mentoring youth um, at five charter schools in Detroit. And um, and so, yeah, I think I became an AmeriCorps visit and that's how I got into my role. Um, this is an AmeriCorps state national program, but I think... Um, it's an opportunity if you've been, you know, thinking about doing something, you know, working with youth or working with schools. Um, I think this is a time. Uh, so if you hear this 10 years from now. Um, Hopefully there... we still have the American <laughs> program. It's our first year. So. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> but always reach out. You never know. There's a lot of opportunities at UNI, even just to volunteer. They're a great organization. I worked with them. Uh, during uh, summer, what was it, 2019, 20, I think? Yeah. So I, I worked with them for a summer uh, with their one of their programs, and it, it was a great time, and, and I really enjoyed it. And um, definitely encourage anybody who is interested in, in doing work in the community to reach out to them. Definitely. Can yeah. I give one shout-out? Right, go right ahead. No, 50 dollars. <laughs> Marco? <laughs> I'm um, and I really, I think, you know, I love my youth, my youth from um, Our Lady of Guadalupe Youth Group. I love you guys. Um, and I hope you guys are doing well, continue to pray, continue to read the Bible. Um, and hopefully we will see each other soon, even if it's virtual, <laughs> even if it's virtual, unfortunately. Stay tuned, my friends. Yeah. So, uh, I want to close off with uh, the one more quote. Um, and, uh, it's, uh, th this, it, it, it's only three words. Um, the quote, uh, but the backstory is, as we've mentioned in this show, uh, Joan of Arc was ultimately burned, uh, you know, accused of being a heretic uh, and of, of being a witch. Um, and her last words were Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And so, I, I, like I said, it, it might seem like a sad thing to say at the end of a show, but I feel like a lot of us can re relate or relate to that, you know, that th that call of Jesus, because we may we may not be, you know, being killed right now. Primeramente uh, Dios, you know, hopefully you're still alive and listening to this. But a lot of us perhaps spiritually feel that fire inside of us. And so I just want to invite you to uh, say the name of Jesus. Repeat it. Pray to him. Say, you know, let him know what you're worried about um you know speak to him because you know what what better word to say than the name of the person who brings comfort to us the one who uh brought us salvation the one who is the king of kings so please uh if you are going through a rough time right now uh reach out to someone you know you you don't have to go through this and your and yourself i myself struggle with mental health sometimes uh more so than not but even then you know i i can always count on the fact that jesus hears my prayers 
and that things will get better. So, Ale, do you have any closing words? I know that was a little emotional, a little dark, perhaps, but I think they, they'll appreciate it. Yes, I think. No, I, I, I think I appreciate that as well. Um, we're always you know, learning and growing. And so I'm not perfect. And so um, I think it's a constant reminder of being able to call out. Um, you know, sometimes we're like, no nos escucha. like God is not listening. But like, have you, have you called him? Like, have you called him by his name? So um, have you reached out to him personally? Um, obviously not through the phone or Oye, hey, Jesus. what's your Twitter? Um, Oye, I need compa. to send you a message, direct message. Um, but I think sometimes... Yes, God listens to our hearts and like he listens to our inside our mind to things that we don't even know we're thinking about. Um, but it is also very nice to reach out to him. You know, like it's it's nice to to have that moment with him, um, to actually take that time and not expect that, oh, he'll listen to me. Like he he knows everything. He should know what I'm going through, even if I don't go if even if I don't know what I'm going through. And so it's important to call out his name and to in, in constant communication. Yeah, thank you. Because honestly, even 15 minutes in front of the Blessed Sacrament works miracles. I kid you not. I realize that whenever I start to get pretty, uh, when I start to struggle a lot uh, with my mental health, like I'll be like, wait, when was the last time I went in front of the, the Blessed Sacrament? Oh, maybe when was the last time I, I went to confession? Oh, maybe there's something there so who knows maybe this is your sign to go to confession spend some time with jesus yeah if you've been praying and came across a podcast um been wanting to have answers um, um he's waiting for you oh man i love that he is waiting for you and we'll leave it at that ale thank you for coming i mean it's not like you came i came to your house <laughs> thank you for coming <laughs> thank you ricardo for being a part of cafe con santos i like yeah. closing these shows with my guest finishing or closing us in prayer and after that i say pray the rosary you say pray the rosary and then together, and then together we say pray the rosary yeah, i'm not gonna be like father ryan <laughs> not which was on episode two two <laughs> <laughs> okay so God, I want to thank you for this opportunity. I want to thank you for allowing me to be um, in your presence um, and to be able to spend this time with Ricardo in his podcast. And I pray that um, whoever needs to hear these words um, listens to these pod to this podcast or to the other podcast and find what they're looking for, um, that they find that inspiration to continue. Um, I pray that um, you care for everyone who is suffering at the moment, who is either hospitalized or who is very ill at home. I pray that they find comfort and that um, you're able to help them see you during these very difficult times. Um, and then I pray for the youth groups um, for Jornadas, for Our Lady of Guadalupe, um, to be able to strengthen them in their faith um, and to be able to have them um, in union with you. Um, and then I pray for my husband. I pray for our family um, to be able to continue to bless us and um, we will continue to serve you. Amen. Amen. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. 
Well, thank you, Ale. This was episode five. We did not plan that at all. But I was seeing his arm and I was like, I'm going to. (laughs) Where was I? I am in your house. Thanks, Ale. No, No, like I was saying, this was episode five of Cafe con Santos. As you will likely see, we now have two angles. So you get to see us this way, and then you'll get to see Ale's face from that side. Hopefully in the future, uh, we'll have an angle facing this way. So you'll see my beard, which is growing and is... Uh, reaching Padre Pio level nice <laughs> or you know a, a Franciscan level because the Franciscans they've got some serious ears uh, I could probably do it I like to play with it a lot um, but yeah I like my beard nice. I know it's it, it, it's not as attractive as you know if I trim it down but I just really like my beard and at the moment I'm gonna keep letting it grow you may or may not by the next episode it might be gone <laughs> I won't I won't completely you never know, never know. <laughs> but uh, i invite you guys to go like cafe con santos on facebook and then also like us on youtube and on all the places i want to say most or all the places where you could listen to a podcast but please 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 always remember pray the rosary pray the rosary pray, pray the, the rosary. rosary hey Woo.